0: Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Katie Greenstone, is a Metro Detroit native and creative and is spearheading the challenge to humanize brands on social media. After spending three years in corporate, Greenstone ventured off on her own to follow her passion and turn her side gigs of social media consulting and management into her full-time career. Established in 2020, Market G Social House, Greenstone's social media firm has worked with over 50 brands to help elevate their presence on social media while reminding content consumers that behind every brand are the people who make it all happen. When Greenstone isn't working on building her business and in the thick of the day-to-day operations, she's either coming up with her next design for her e-commerce store, wanthoney.club, creating content for her personal Instagram blog, Want Honey, with that, or taking a polar plunge on TikTok. Which you can follow her at Want Honey, Katie. Thank you so much for agreeing to this podcast. I'm so excited. What this is like the fifth time I'm talking to you in the last week, and I'm so oh here my for gosh.
1: I've had so much Angela in my week, which is honestly needed. This is coming at a really good time, so I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I think You're the best.
0: I always say you're just like the hype chick. Like everyone needs a Katie in their life. I swear.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I, you know what? I was a cheerleader in high school, and I feel like that kind of carried in a little bit to like. Me just popping off for my friends. And I love watching like my friends and just women in business succeed. So I try my best to be everybody's cheerleader.
0: I love this. So there's so many pieces of you and what you offer and how we came into contact. I was at a networking group and you were presenting. And I'm like, I've seen her on TikTok. Who is this Katie lady? And you are everything and then some. But I want to start with how did you get into this whole like social media marketing, TikTok, everything that you're in now?
1: Oh, my gosh. The start of my love for social media really began when I was in college. I took a couple courses where everything was focused on digital marketing and social media was like it was relevant, definitely relevant. I would say Twitter was probably the most popular platform that everybody was on. At the time, Instagram was just really starting to pop off my freshman year of college, but it wasn't until my senior year where I took a social media marketing course, where I was tasked with my capstone to develop a brand on social media, and it was supposed to be a mock brand, but something you're passionate enough about to where you're still interested in learning on how to make it run. So I developed a mock brand called Want Honey With That. And it was all about food and loving your body and learning how to fuel your body with great whole ingredients. And that was just what I used for my capstone. And then I fell in love with what I was doing. And I ended up taking that blog home with me when I graduated. And I had a WordPress at one point. It's really evolved, but I'll never forget. I got my first invitation to go to a restaurant and take pictures at the restaurant, and I was like, "Ooh, this is what an influencer does. This is so cool!" And so I really just I, I used it as a way to connect to other people because so often I would receive messages from women who I knew in like high school and college who I didn't really hang out with that were like, "Thank you so much for saying the things that you're saying because I feel like I'm not alone anymore." Oh. And I realized and graved that connection that I was building with people through like a community of my own. And from there, I realized how important it was to show people that like we're all human beings behind our brands. And that just carried into me learning more about how to do social media, grabbing clients just as a side gig when I was in corporate to doing you know, a little bit of content creation for them, a little bit of social media consulting because they loved what I was doing with my personal brand as I continued to grow Want Honey with that. And then I wound up here with a social media creative house. We're two years old and we're fully doing social media content creation and consulting for other brands.
0: And I love the story that you told me not too long ago, but how did you come up with the name One Honey yeah. with that?
1: <laughs> okay, so I... When I was doing my capstone was in the student center and I was sick with something. It was like strep or I had a cold at the time. And it was like your typical finals stress Ugh. sickness that people in college get. And then not to mention, we're all just like poured it into the student center. So we're all getting it. So I'll never forget. I'm sitting down and I'm texting my sister and she's like, you need to go get the medicine ball tea from Starbucks, which like plug to Starbucks. Oh, it's the best. Thank you. And I went up to this woman and I looked like death. I literally looked like a walking death. And she looked She looked at me and I was like, do you have medicine ball tea? And she was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <Yeah. sweetie. laughs> she was, do you want honey with that? And I don't know what about that stuck to me, but I walked back from getting my medicine ball tea and that wonderful woman who gave it to me. And I sat at my laptop And I changed the blog name to Want Honey With That. And I just like made the Instagram account, ran the ads. And I like my whole entire capstone was filled out except for the title. And that very moment was just like, I mean, you talk about the 11th hour. Literally, (laughs) my final was the next day where I was turning everything in. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know if Instagram was going to approve the name change. But lo and behold, I got it approved. And from there, everything just sort of fell into place.
0: I just love that story because it's so it's like so simple, but so fun. I
1: wish I had a cooler story, but it's like that's the reality of it.
0: I mean, mine wasn't that exciting. I was like, how did I even come up with the name for this podcast? I was like, I'm a Frank Sinatra freak. And I'm like, you know, like you're talking about life. And I love that song. That's life. So I was like, oh, like maybe like that's business. But mine was just like late night hours. Yeah. Thinking of names and just like wanting to not do this and throw my computer through a wall. So you at least have like a good one.
1: That's true. At least it came to me and I wasn't like sitting there just wondering and wondering. And I will note, anytime I have named something ever, I have a list. I have, like a journal that I keep in my purse for anytime I come up with like a cute name for something. <sighs> and it's kind of like a form of manifesting mm-hmm. because I'm writing it down and I'm like, OK, something is going to fill this space of this name. So I have just this list. So like when I started my podcast, I'd already known for six months what I was going to call it without really knowing that that was going to be a podcast name. Same thing goes with Mark G. So it's kind of like, i that's a note and a tip that I would recommend to anybody that if you come up with a cute name, write it down because you never know when you're going to actually use it.
0: Mine is just like a bogged down Slack channel, like Slack conversation I have with myself. That's just like, oh, I, I need this. I need that. <laughs> you're more organized than me. It's okay. <laughs> so- I love that you've worked with over 50 brands. You've worked with some very impressive people, but how did you kind of get these brand, like very big brand names and some local names? But what has that experience been like?
1: Oh, getting clients. (laughs) I mean, not for the faint of heart. In the beginning, it was like I was searching on LinkedIn. I was shamelessly messaging people in the very beginning, like, hey, just so you know, I do social media and I love your brand. And it was it was like I was really, really trying very hard to grasp anything that was coming my way. But I quickly learned that if I said yes to everybody that came my way, most of the time that's because I was like craving clients, not actually filtering what was coming at me. So I was just saying yes to everyone. And I didn't realize that I have the power now having gone from corporate where you're told what to do, I now have the power to select and handcraft my clientele and be really intentional about it. And that took me a long time to learn. And when I finally learned it, it was like, I'll use the word manifest all the time because I really do like I work on visualizing and manifesting and have that has played such a large role into my business. But I feel like I just put out that vibe out there when when I decided I was going to be selective and I told people what I was doing. I never sold myself and the right clients started coming my way. Everything we do is by referral. And some of the biggest brands that I have worked with have actually come as referrals from people who hardly knew what I did, but just liked what I was putting out there. And they said, I've got a girl for you. Let me put you two in contact. And that's how it came. and up to, I would say like, you know, the first two months of business, I was like telling everybody what I was doing and I was trying to just get as many clients as I could, which that really didn't work. But everything for the last two years has been fully by referral.
0: You're perfect for this example. But I always say like people want to work with you, like especially when we promote LinkedIn and we push LinkedIn and us working on LinkedIn together and whatnot. It's like people want to work with you at the end of the day. It's yeah, how many social media people are there? There's millions. How many people have podcasts? There's millions, but there's no one else in the world like you. And you are so authentically yourself. Without one of those people, it's like, look how authentic I am and you should follow me. And, you know, all that
1: bullshit that yeah, you and I are just see all the time. But and it's funny because I repel that. Like if I see that somebody is trying to painfully sell to me like they're so so outright I'm like you have to remember I'm a human being and so are you like let's have a conversation and they lose me at the door with that I you know I try to give everybody a chance but like if I see something or if I even sniff out a little bit of people that are just forceful and I think I have such an aversion to it because I was in corporate sales and I have seen the worst of the worst with that Like I do so much to stay away from that and to just educate and to have a conversation with someone rather than actually selling. So to kind of like bring it full circle, any client that I've worked with has that like have I've maintained over the last two years because some of our clients have literally been with us for two years. Every client that I've had has come to me, which is a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, that's why we're having this conversation here. So (laughs) It's true, right? Great example. Now, transitioning because you have so many facets of this business. I mean, I just feel like, oh, of course, you're coming out with a new clothing line. Oh, of course, you're offering these other services. Like anytime I see it on Instagram, I'm like, you're just the person that like you get shit done and you just... Let's do it. Let's do the damn thing. And I love that about you. But where did the e commerce, and I want you to give a little plug on yourself, but where did the e commerce side of you, you have your beautiful Want Honey shirt for those that aren't seeing. She's got your Al Dente line. You have your, what is it, Hot Girls Eat Coney's line, which I have to buy a shirt, but talk to us on that.
1: Okay. E commerce was always something I wanted to get into. And it dates back far because when I was in fifth grade. Oh, wow. I would make, yeah, I would make websites for my neighbor who was selling. I know like fifth grade, fifth grade. We're talking like a plug and play. Very like, I think it was Wix 1.0 kind of thing where the URL was about this long and (laughs) and it was not custom. And you would make these websites that were like little e-commerce websites where people could go on and not necessarily buy, but view your products. And I just thought it was so cool that somebody was selling something, they made something and then they would sell it online and poof, the money, like the money comes in your hands and the products out the door. And I just thought that was so fascinating. So I've always sort of had an interest in e commerce, but ever since, and this is something that I could talk about for forever, but I went to Hawaii when I quit corporate for two months. And when I was there, I was like, not bored, but like, what can I do with my life? right now because I'm at a new book like I didn't just turn the page I opened a whole new book what can I do and I knew I wanted to go into social media further but at this point I hadn't yet decided I was going to start market g so I made this sweatshirt one night at like I'm not kidding you it was like one in the morning that says Detroit honey on it and I Just ordered it because I was like, you know what? I want to do a little bit more for myself. I've worked really hard with Want Honey with that. I would like to be able to market it a little bit. I'd never run ads at the time. And I was like, I just, I want more people to see what that personal work has looked like in Want Honey with that on Instagram. So I made this Detroit Honey sweatshirt and I showed it to one of my friends and she was like, wait, order two. I want one. I was like, okay, great. She got hers, I got mine, and then it turned into wait, KG, I want, I want one. Oh my gosh, representing want honey, I love that. And then you know, people started calling me want honey, and I'm like, this says Detroit honey, but I'll take it. <laughs> and from there, it just sort of like turned into, hey, I saw my friend wearing that sweatshirt, kind of like the referral process, yes, and I want that. And so I ended up creating a Google form and making a mass order and said if you want one I will order one for you and you can just you know pay me and I'll get the sweatshirt to you and I'll ship it I had no idea how to ship anything at the time I was doing like taping on labels that I was printing off my parents printer because I didn't even own a printer and then it turned into somebody reaching out to me a local brand Woodward Standard and they said hey we would love to print your Detroit sweatshirts um, would you be interested in meeting? And I was like, I'm in Hawaii, <laughs> but when I'm home, sure. So I ended up meeting them, and they were like, "We're gonna help you. Like, we're gonna do a couple cool things for your sweatshirt." Which they helped me create this tag that everybody's like obsessed with. <gasps> that's so cute.
0: Okay, do you have stickers? Because that's adorable.
1: I know. I sh- I really should, but it's like the cutest thing, and they have been my day ones with ecom ever since. And so it went from Google Sheets for about a year. And Google Forms because I was just, I didn't have the capacity at the time because I finally decided to start my business to actually like make a website and run an e-commerce store. And then by referral, one of our very good mutual friends, Shelby Dubin, my brand photographer, love her referred me to somebody that was one of her clients who was a website builder, the Launch Hive. And the Launch Hive created my website for me. And from there, I was able to start selling other versions of this sweatshirt. I just continue to promote it on my Instagram and I will tell you, this is kind of where I can like bring it all home. After being on Instagram for five years and never asking for a dime or never selling a thing, on my Instagram, the people that have been there for the last five years Literally flew to support me. Like they ran to because like I finally I was putting something out there that they could grasp and say, like, we've been here for you this whole time. Yes. And it's like it was, I mean, I got I cried when I did my first website launch and I made money from it. I was I literally was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, people care. It's not just my hard work and nobody's listening. Right. You are so cute. So the store has grown. Now we've got six products and I have a stock room and I ship and that's it.
0: How do you come up with the other ideas? I mean, they're all amazing and they're all so cute and they're all such quality products. But how did you come up with the other ideas you have?
1: Well, okay, I have a story about the Alley hat. So the Alley hat is sold out right now. Actually, no, I think there's one left on the site. It's
0: going to be sold out. Yeah.
1: Somebody that's going to buy it right now. There's a hat that my best friend is obsessed with and I was like this is your thing and she is somebody who's one of my biggest supporters and she was like you need to make a Detroit honey hat so I can buy it and I was like why don't I do this why don't I just make you one for your birthday and like I know a guy who makes hats and I'll do that so of course I make one for her for her birthday hey can I and somebody's like hey can I get one so then I was like, you know what? I'll I'll make a bulk order. And of course, I had to call it the Alley hat because it was kind of her idea.
0: Oh, that's cute.
1: Yeah. And I put it up on the site. So that's one of our hats. We have beanies that I came up with just for the wintertime because I think that they're like cute stocking stuffers. Then I did a want honey one to sort of all encompass. Everything that I do is just like under this name now, want honey. That's like what my friends call me. That's my contact name in their phones. <laughs> And then my most recent is Hot Girls Eat Coney's. And there is a story behind that. I was at a bar and I was just hungry. And I love conies. I always have. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. And I was hungry and I was like, I'm going to order conies." And they're like, you're at a dive bar and you're going to order conies right now from a dive bar that you don't know what the Coney reputation is. Like, usually I'm very dying for Lafayette. Yes. And I'm like, yep. Sure am. So I order the conies and one of my like really good friends, we've been friends for a long time. He's cracking up and he's just like, that's so hot. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, hot girls eat conies. And I said it and I have the notes still that I wrote down where I was like, hot girls eat conies. You're going to do something with that. And then I made the shirt and it sold out in like three days, I think. And now I've got more on the way because I just wasn't anticipating that many people would resonate with that. But apparently a lot of people did.
0: Was it three days? Because I feel like it was same day because I went to go order one and it was like four hours after you showed it and it was like sold out. So
1: So I will say it 98% sold out day one, but it took three days to sell out the double XLs.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Okay,
1: There was one color and double XLs left. And I was just shocked though because I was not sure that people would dig doing colors because I've always been very neutral gray tan black and they were digging like the sandstone which ended up being more like a khaki mm-hmm. and they were digging the turquoise which was sort of like paying homage to my turquoise packaging that I had in the very beginning of doing lot well, honey so. Those are all my e-commerce products right now. And I'm sure that there will be several more ideas that just come to me at one o'clock in the morning at a bar. But until then, I'm just going to stick to the Hot Girls Econies and I'm going to probably release a couple different versions of it.
0: Oh, I definitely think the creative juices flow when you have a few drinks in you for sure. I've come up with some of the best business ideas. And that's my favorite e-com product you have. Everything's beautiful, but... It's just something different because I always say, I always joke, I love a Coney dog and people like, really? Like, you know, the connotation being in Michigan, like, really, you eat those? I'm like, I don't give a shit.
1: I love Coney dogs. That's my jam. Like, I want the mustard dripping down my my face. face. Yes. I want there to be evidence left on me. Like, honestly, I have had so many people who have my al dente sweatshirt who have said like, I've already stained it with marinara (laughs) or like, I've already gotten bolognese on my al dente sweatshirt. And I'm like, that's the point though. It's on brand, (laughs) right? It works. (laughs) I love it.
0: Now, of course, the other facet of your business, which is why I was definitely drawn to you, is TikTok. Now, what's different about you? And I'm going to give a plug for you real quick because we work together. I'm finishing up your TikTok bootcamp right now. But what was so interesting about you was when we met, I'm like, wait, this girl's on my whole page or my For You page all the time. Like, who is she? But yeah. I want you to talk about your TikTok journey because you're not someone that's, like, paid for the followers or, like, really tried to, like, just go viral to go viral. Like, right. where's your TikTok journey and how'd you get to where you are today?
1: Okay. So I was super anti-TikTok. Oh. Like, anti. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking... I went through the whole pandemic without TikTok. When did you start it? Jan- well, I'm part of the pandemic. I started it January of last year. Okay. I actually downloaded it. I think the night of the Super Bowl was when I got it. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it.
1: I don't know why, <laughs> but I was very anti TikTok. It had been around for a few years prior, to yeah, that time frame, and I was just like, "What is this app? I don't need another one." I'm getting. Re-. I was like, "I'm." really good at Instagram. I'm just going to stay really good at it. People that stick on Instagram are going to kill it. Like, And then it almost became undeniable when people all around me were referencing TikTok and telling me, like, you have to get on TikTok. You have to get on TikTok. And they're like, I'm sending you all these videos and you're not watching them. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be in social media, I'm doing myself a disservice and I'm doing my clients, more importantly, a disservice to not be able to speak on it. And I think the real, what's the word? Like the thing in the coffin. Nail in the coffin? The nail in the (laughs) coffin. The real nail in the coffin was when my 75-year-old client asked me, are you on TikTok? And I said, no. No. And he was like, get on it. We're getting on it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So I was on TikTok for him before I was for myself. And I thought, okay, well, I need to be able to do this for myself. Right. And learn it myself so I can properly execute it for my clients. And I just started putting out videos there. And I was always an Instagram story girl. Like I prior to TikTok, I was talking on my Instagram stories all the time. And I was constantly like putting my video I was out there, putting my face out there, but it was on stories. It wasn't actually like living for beyond 24 hours. So I sort of just took that energy because I couldn't do both and brought it over to TikTok. And I made an announcement on Want Honey with that on Instagram and said, if you loved my Instagram stories, head over to Want Honey on TikTok, because that's where all that type of content is going to be from now on. Some people went, some people just like didn't give a shit. And I just I went for it and I started creating like just, you know, Instagram tips and it sort of blossomed into personal and professional And now it's primarily personal, but I get questions often now about like, what do you do for a living? We can't tell because your life looks fun, but we're not sure how you're paying the bills. So I started just really getting obsessed with TikTok in the last year. And this was the one question that made me successful with TikTok. And the reason that I was able to start a facet of my business into TikTok was, what is it that makes someone scroll past something? And that one question, that opened up an entire research project for me because TikTok no longer was like just posting when I want to and just doing it for my clients and like reposting reels onto TikTok for my clients. It turned into being obsessed with what made me scroll past something and figuring out the psychology in the background to what little one second impression didn't do it for me that made me just be like oh no on to the next one (laughs) and when I finally asked myself that question I got so interested and I got so good at being able to really pinpoint the small minor changes that it takes to have a video do better than another video and from there I just Really honed in on trends and got really, really good at being able to pick out trends and not only pick out trends, but helping my clients film them. Sometimes I do trainings for my clients where I just teach them like the basics on how to film and the basics on how to edit, which I do in my TikTok bootcamp. But for my full social media management clients where I'm fully managing their TikToks, I'm standing behind the camera and you're getting this behind you, cheering you on. Yes. If I had a montage of everything I was saying behind a camera for my clients as they're filming these TikTok trends that I'm putting in front of them, you would probably pee your pants. It's so funny. You should do that. I should. I'm just here. I'm like, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. And it's like a 45-year-old guy in like a chef coat. (laughs) And I'm like, you're doing so well. (laughs) So like, it got to the point where it became second nature to me because I got obsessed with it. I got obsessed with figuring out what trends were funny, how trends can relate to any business and how you can transform one trend to 10 different businesses. And I got just like obsessed with the creativity and the wittiness that you can put into your TikToks. There's a lot more writing into TikTok than you think. Yes. And like I said, like I got obsessed with figuring out What makes somebody scroll? And that to me is more about psychology than anything. And I love, love, love to dissect the human brain. So that's where our TikTok bootcamp was born. We've worked with three clients up to this point about helping them not only gain followers, but really understand the things that we've learned, which is what makes someone scroll and how to make someone stop scrolling and watch your content through and through. So now we've got a boot camp. It's full running. We offer one month, two month, and three months. And we basically just grab videos and create a list of trends for you and tell you exactly what to do when you're filming it and how to translate it to your business as far as like a caption goes and just hold you accountable to make sure that you're being authentic while you're doing TikTok, because it's so easy to tell when you're when a brand is inauthentic on TikTok and it doesn't perform well and it shows.
0: I was very much a TikTok hater. I didn't download it, I think, till March or April of 21. So, yeah. yeah, about a year. And I was like, everyone else is doing it. I don't understand it. I need help. And it was like, life put us together in the right room. Yeah. But what's so awesome about you is it just makes sense. Like, and for those listening, Katie and her team literally, Give you the link to the sound. Well, first of all, they babysit you and tell you how exactly hold your little hands through what you need to do and what you shouldn't do (laughs) and offer a very safe space to ask any questions without judgment. And then it's going through and here is literally the sound, Angela. Here is the caption based on your industry and what we're seeing in your industry. Do it. Like it couldn't be any easier. That's the thing. Down to emojis, down to captions, down to everything. And the awesome part about this is, I mean, we grew, what did I say? I think like 400 followers. 400. Yeah, I think it was 400 followers in two months. Yeah. Like just from staying consistent, doing that. Yes. And the thing about you is you're never pushy of like, that's what I hated of finding a TikTok coach was like, you need to post every single day, multiple times a day. I don't know who has the energy to do that. Maybe if this was my full-time job, but I can't and I don't.
1: Right. And I work with business owners. So I understand, especially as one and working with them, that you don't have the time to be that person who's posting three times a day. And most of the time, if you're posting three times a day, you're asking to get burnt out. And we really understand that. So we put forth the effort to be emotionally intelligent to our clients and make sure that like we're on the same page. If there's shit going down in your life, for example, then we need to know about it because we need to know. Like, is this the type of week we should be pushing you or is this not the type of week and we just need to be there to support you and make sure that we're staying on top of the trends for you? And when you're ready to come back, say in a week, then great. Or just making sure that like we're being really, really on top of things for, you know, if a client has something new going on in their business, we need to pivot and make sure that the TikToks we're selecting can support that rather than what we've been doing the weeks prior. So it's just really important that we stay on our toes. And as somebody who knows what it's like when your energy levels go from here to here, <laughs> yes. and you don't want to be in front of a camera, we find you a a way that you can still be on TikTok and still post without really having to be on TikTok and post. And we supplement that. It's just we leave that open door communication with our clients to be like, hey, We make sure that they're comfortable with us enough to tell us, hey, I feel like shit this week and I don't want to put my face in front of a camera, but I want to stay on TikTok. What can I do? And we will boom, pivot, and we will make sure that you have exactly what you need and have the proper direction to move forward with that. But when we know that you have good energy and good time, we make sure that, you know, we're pushing you. Do the, hey, it's sunny outside. Get two outdoor TikToks because that lighting's good. Everybody loves outdoor lighting TikToks. We've really gotten to be excited about the craft of being able to transform certain trends into different industries that we're really not a part of. And it mainly starts with just like you really telling us about your business and getting us into the nitty gritty of what you do on a day to day. Like you get to vent to us all your pain points because a lot of people, Misery Loves Company, if you share something that's your pain point in your business and we, can play off of that in a trend, then like usually most people will be able to engage with that because they feel your pain. Right. So we've really found it to be a successful program and it's new and so far so good. And we're really excited to continue to grow it and work with other brands that need to elevate their TikTok, have the personnel or don't have the personnel and just need assistance with getting things in the pipeline, ideas in the pipeline, trends in the pipeline. And just getting properly trained because not a lot of people have that time to train themselves on it.
0: Right. And even like the simple tips you give on like, hey, black off a time on your calendar, but don't make it the same day because you're just going to close the notification out. I'm like, that is so simple. Why didn't I ever think of that? And that's what holds me more accountable. But for sure. And I love like you are definitely the hype chick on TikTok, too, of, hey, you're doing great. This is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. So I would love for you to do a TikTok of what you're telling to people while you're filming them because I'm sure it's hilarious and I would personally love to see it.
1: I have to. No, you're absolutely right. I definitely have to. I will say I have about 20,000 videos on my phone right now of client oh my content. I wish I was kidding, but I can show you the number. We just hit 33,000. <gasps> so yeah, I know. And when I say we worked with 50 brands, I'm not kidding. Like We have so much content for so many years across so many clients and you know, we don't really use like last year's content. So can I go through that and, you know, delete it? Sure. However, there are times where I come up with an idea like, let's do a compilation of every time we filmed like a sunrise shot with a client and, you know, waking up with G kind of thing. Like, there are so many ideas I come up with on the fly where I'm like, "I I wish I wouldn't have deleted that. Right. It's like I'm a content hoarder. But we're putting in place measures right now to be able to separate my personal content from my work content on my phone. So, oh my God, I will tell you, there's a lot of it. It's all good though.
0: 30,000. That's a lot. Oh my God. Yeah. And one thing I always like to ask any entrepreneur I interview for this podcast is how do you keep up the high energy that you have? What is kind of like a big thing for you of keeping that up and being like your
1: authentic self? <laughs> Ooh, big sigh. Well, you just saw, I'm taking a deep breath. <laughs> um, I worked with a, and I'm not shy about this. I worked with a breath work and meditation coach like right off the bat when I started my business. And she specializes in entrepreneurs. So she understands the mind that is always busy. And that has helped me since day one implement and be really in tune with when I'm feeling stressed out or I'm like approaching burnout or I'm not feeling myself and how to work through that because I still have to show up to work the next day or that day. Also setting boundaries with my clients has been really, really important because if I'm not feeling that energy and they're demanding a lot from me, then I need to be able to let them know, we'll get it done, it's gonna get done, but we need 24 hours. And they usually respond to me really well with that because they know how hard I work. And it's no surprise to them that sometimes I get tired too. Crazy. And also just, it's such a beautiful life. It's such a beautiful opportunity to be able to, you know, there's a lot of shit going on in the world, but to be able to wake up and open your laptop and say, today, I'm going to get all this work done for my clients. And I'm going to go get a pedicure and get a run in. The fact that I can do that is what keeps me going every single day, but only because I have the perspective of the misery I felt when I was working for somebody else. And in some environments, it was good. And I learned so, so much in corporate that allowed me to be successful in my business today. But there's not a day that goes by where I don't think how grateful I am that I was able to walk away from that because I found something inside of me that allowed me to take a risk and start from nothing and hit the ground running. So I think it's just a lot of gratitude, a lot of working on your mindset with like kind of what I did with that breath work coach and the meditation coach and just being able to set clear boundaries with people when you're not feeling up to it. And that way you can fully recharge and get back out there when you're feeling it. That's amazing.
0: And as we wrap this up, if anyone listening wants to work with you, wants to follow you, I know we gave your plugs for your socials earlier, but where can people contact you or get in touch?
1: Yes. So we are opening up to new clients this fall. Right now we are fully booked, but as we hire and as we continue to change our process to be able to grab more clients, we are are on LinkedIn, first of all, which I can thank Angela for that because I have not, I'm going to be honest, you guys, I have not been on LinkedIn for so long. So while I'm plugging myself, I'm plugging you. You have been fabulous helping me get that fire under my butt to be on LinkedIn. So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Katie Greenstone, but also check out our website, which is www.gomarketg.com. And there you will be able to contact us with different specifics of what you're looking for and how you want to work with us. Or if you just want to reach out and ask me a few questions, feel free. I'm on Instagram and I'm always checking Want Honey with that because now that it's an e-commerce brand, I have to check it often. You have to, yes. So feel free to reach out to me there. But Like I said, we're accepting new clients here shortly. And if you want to get in there and get on that list, I recommend reaching out sooner than later. Amazing. Well, Katie, this was so much fun. You are
0: such a breath of fresh air every single time we talk. Oh, you're fabulous. You're amazing. But for listeners, tune in next week for another episode of That's Business.
1: If you're looking for a career change and you're not
0: sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone. But
1: here at The Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.